0: my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here, just in case you don't know. Hey, and if you're watching online again, thank you so much. Maybe you're watching this on demand. You just got off work, I mean, Omicron got you down or something. Like all of us, we're just all getting hit. Hey, you're watching at home today. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our service. Listen, I don't know about you, but sometimes life just kind of beats you up and you feel down, right? Like there's just a lot of times in life, it just seems like life just continues to beat you up. I've been feeling like that, but at the same time, God answers prayers. Guys, like last, a lot of you don't know, but I'm a huge Denver Broncos fan, and watching the game last night was horrible. And it just kind of sums up how things go for us uh, as terms of a Denver fan. If you don't know, like we lost on this. We're about to score a touchdown. Dude fumbles it, and they score an 86-yard fumble return touchdown. That's just how our season goes. And it just is what it is. This is the sixth year, we are missing out on the playoffs. It's really horrible. But you know what happened right before I stepped on stage for the first service? I got news that they fired our coach, and y'all, I'm telling you something. God answers prayers. On Sunday, I was praying for that, and I just want you to know your pastor has a solid prayer life because the coach did get fired, and it's just a new season. So it's a great, it's a great day. Like I got super happy, but like, now I gotta go speak. Dude gets, loses his job. Not that I feel bad that he lost millions of dollars, uh, but I feel better for our team moving forward. It's time to reset. It's time to reset. So I hope y'all are ready. Uh, just gonna leave me hanging up there. That's fine, no one can feel it. I'll throw a little roll tide, all right? Because tomorrow night, uh, y'all are gonna feel, I don't know if y'all know, I recently became an Alabama fan as of last week. I <laughs> you guys know that. Uh, my wife's family is all Auburn. It's a whole story, can't talk about it. She likes the Chiefs now. It's, it's, it's all, we're seeing counseling for it, okay? But um, it's just one of those things. So now that's who I pull for, and we're gonna win again, all right? Hey, we are in this series called Reset. And it's about this idea of how do we have a fresh start? And so today, I wanna set you up for success. As a matter of fact, last week, I would highly encourage you to go back and watch the service. Uh, I did something called what I'm calling the One Fruit Challenge. The One Fruit Challenge. Maybe you're watching online going, what kind of fruit is this guy talking about? I don't know what kind of church this is. No, when you read in Galatians, it talks about believers and that there are these nine attributes that should be developing in our lives. They call those fruit of the spirit. And I said for me in my life uh, that I needed to focus on the word gentleness gentleness, and that's something that I want to describe my life, and that's my focus for this year. And I'm going to challenge you the same thing, just to choose one of those attributes, one of those fruit of the spirit. And this entire year, I want you to focus on that one fruit, and I promise you uh, it's going to be worth it. But when you ask for God to do something in your life, what do you think is going to happen? The enemy is going to attack. And what do you think happened to me last week? I shared with you how like when I send my kids to bed, it can be a little chaotic, two boys in a room, a lot of testosterone going at night. They don't go to bed like they should all the time. And I shared with you, I need a gentleness. It's bedtime. I'm like, all right guys, time for bed. What do you think happens upstairs? Chaos, all sorts of like craziness going on, World War III. And you know what I was like downstairs? Lord, I prayed for gentleness and then this happens. Why do you do this to me, right? So I was like, I love gentleness. I need some gentleness. And I went in, you know what? And I've been focusing on this. It's been tough. There have been some close calls, but I've really been focusing in. I've been honing in on it. And the same thing is true for you. I want you to focus in because once you do that, you're gonna be attacked from the enemy on the very thing that you're trying to do. And then I talked about this idea of a 21 day fast and and we'll talk more about that as the service goes on as well. But I wanna set you up for success. And and so to do that, I wanna kind of kick off with this idea that successful people, the people you see successful in life, they do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. In other words, we're kind of talking about habits a little bit and the habits that you have actually matter. If you wanna grow in your faith with God, if you wanna seek God, then how you do that, the habits you have set up, those actually matter. If you want your marriage to grow, you want your marriage to be strong, you gotta consistently pursue your spouse. If you wanna get out of debt, you're gonna have to really work hard on it. You got to budget and save and you have to plan. But if you occasionally do something, you're not gonna find continual success. Things are gonna start falling apart. All right, so here you are, it's Sunday, you know, it's kind of rainy, the weather's gross, and you guys showed up today, right? But if you say to yourself, I showed up to church, I'm good for an entire month. I don't need to read my Bible. I need to pray, nothing. You're not gonna grow very much in your faith. You've actually got to consistently pursue God. If you're talking about your marriage, like you've got to actually pursue your spouse. You can't say, what day is it? Sunday. All right. So what if like Wednesday at three o'clock, we talk? Would that work for you? Check your calendar. Let me know. All right. And then three o'clock, maybe we'll grab some coffee. And after that, we'll talk maybe in two weeks or so. All right. Probably not going to work very well for your marriage. Imagine having a job if you're like, I'll just show up when I feel like it. And you know what the boss can do? Two things, nothing and like it, right? I'll just show up when I feel like it. You're probably not gonna have a job very long. So you can't just be inconsistent. You can't say, well, I did this a couple times, now I should be successful. And the problem is by the time a lot of us make New Year's resolutions, I'm not a resolutions guy myself personally, but some of you, you make resolutions, right? The reason why most of us stop by February is because we're dominated by our cravings. We want what we want. You're trying to save money, but the sales are too good, right? There's just buy one, get one free right now. I don't know if you know, like they don't ever do buy one, get one free. So now we have to buy all this stuff and I, and I get it, right? Like for you, maybe it's health. I know for me, um, 2017, I stepped on the scale and it was the most i had ever weighed in my entire life up until that point. A lot of you don't know, I graduated high school, I weighed a buck 25, all right? And I remember stepping on the scale, I'm like, that's what three kids in marriage will do to you. You know, like that, it just affects us guys too. Emotional eaters, right? I'm there with you, right? That kind of thing. And heart issues are an issue on my dad's side of the family. And so I knew I needed to get healthy. And so that was really tough work, like putting in the work to like be healthier. But at the same time, (laughs) uh, I love a good carb. I mean, like, I don't know why, but there are just times where like, I don't even know I'm driving there, but I'm there on that side of East Megan and the hot signs on it, Krispy Kreme. I just feel like God's saying, go in. You know, I'm like, yeah, I am. And I pull up and it's like, look at my email. All they're gonna do, buy one, get one dozens, right? Buy one, get one chocolate glaze, right? So I'm in on that, right? I'm all in. And it's really tough because our cravings dominate us so many times. All of us have like similar goals in life. If you're married, it's like, you wanna have a great relationship. No one says, you know what, come August, everyone in my life, I'm cutting them out. Like I can't wait till we get to August, all my relationships are gonna be horrible. No like kid is like, you know what, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna drop out of school. And then I'm, I'm gonna like try to like get my G, but not actually do it. And I'm, uh, I'm just gonna stand on the street corner for the rest of my life, holding up a sign. That's a great goal to have in life. No one says that, no one's like, Man, I'm looking at all my stuff. I got $20,000 in credit card debt. You know, if I worked really hard at it, by June, I can have $35,000 in debt. This would be awesome. That's a great goal to have. No one's doing those things. We all have the same goals in life. No one wants to lose faith in God. No one wants to lose their marriage. No one wants to like be, or whatever. But the thing is our cravings keep us from pursuing what we know ultimately is best for us. And it happens all the time, people fall away. And so we kind of say like this, that it's your goal does not determine success, systems determine success. I am a systems person. A lot of what happens here at Cornerstone, there is a system that's in place. It's not just, hey, show up and everything happens. There's a system for how things actually work Here, and just because you have a goal, doesn't mean you're gonna be successful. Lots of people have goals, but they never reach them. The systems, the habits you create, the things that you actually do, those will determine your success and will actually allow you to reach your goals. There's a guy named James Clear. He's a writer, kind of leadership guru. And he says this, goals are good for planning your progress. Systems are good for actually making progress. If you don't have systems set up in your life, you're never going to make progress. You're just gonna have like, this is what I want to do, but you're never gonna actually accomplish what you wanna do. So I'm gonna tell you today to stop focusing on your goals, rather start focusing on the systems, the habits that you have in your life. That's gonna help determine the outcome of your life. As a matter of fact, when you're reading the Bible and we'll look at several places of scripture, God uses the people who consistently seek God. It's not the people who occasionally seek God that God uses for the greatest things. It's people who are consistent in their faith because consistency matters. So here are three reasons why we don't succeed. To be kind of quick this morning, right? First one is this. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. So what is it that we want? What is that thing that you want? debt, marriage, whatever, faith, like you feel like promotion. Like we focus on what we want, but we don't focus on how we're actually gonna get there. We don't know how we're gonna do it. It's like, I wanna go stronger in my faith. Me and God are gonna be tight this year. How are you gonna do that? I don't know, but it's gonna happen, right? Well, how are you gonna get there? I wanna like get out of debt. Well, how are you gonna get out of debt? I don't know, but we're gonna do it, right? I want all these things, but if you don't know how you're going to get there, you'll never accomplish the goals that you have in life. So many of you, that's just what it is. Your life is just one broken goal, one unmet goal after another, because you don't know how you're actually going to get there. What is the goal that you want in life? What is the thing? How are you going to get there? How are you going to set yourself up? What are you going to do? I know for me, it takes a lot. Like anytime I'm trying to like get things back on track for myself, I have to plan. I gotta be disciplined. I gotta watch the things that I'm eating, right? I gotta be consistent in just doing workouts or whatever the case might be, it takes consistency. You gotta have a plan. So if you just focus on what you want and not how you're gonna get there, you'll never get the things that you want in life. Here's the second thing. Another reason why we don't succeed is we don't see progress fast enough. We don't see progress fast enough. We live in an instant society, right? We want our results right now. We don't want to have to wait. I mean, our country is so much so it's like, remember when like COVID first came out, we had to wait like at least 24 hours. So some of us was like three to five days before you got your test back. Now it's like, I want a rapid result, right? I want it right now. I want to know right now. Why is it like the only fast food restaurant that knows how to kill a drive through is Chick-fil-A? Like, why is it when I pull up in that drive-through, they're like, "Boom, what you want, sir?" And it's like everyone knows. And you're like, you see, like it's like 70 cars long, and it's like 10 minutes. You're already out. You're like, "Oh my gosh, that was incredible." And McDonald's, you can show up, you're the only car, and you're waiting for them to take your order. You're like, I, "Hello, hello, is anyone there?" I'm trying to get a bit back. Oh, sorry, we on lunch break. Like, what? Like you on lunch break? Give my order, right? Like, and then you go, like, "I'm gonna go to Burger King where I can have it my way," right? And it's the same thing. It's worse there. Like, how do they do that? We are an instant society. You know, Asian culture, they cut instant ramen noodles. Let me tell you something. If you eat some Top Ramen, you are missing out. You are missing out. And if you want like an authentic experience, I can help you out. I might know someone <laughs> because I am, all right, but it's fine. But I'll, you're missing out if you just eat instant ramen. noodles. It's not the same thing. And that's what some people do, isn't it? Well, I tried Whole30, you know, I went vegan, I do keto, I work out, and then I'm just not losing weight fast enough. I don't know why it's not working. It's like, well, you, you can't just try something and expect it to work right away. You gotta, be consistent from, you gotta be consistent for it and with it. You can't just stop, you can't try and stop. Uh, we're talking about focusing on one fruit and I'm saying gentleness. That's my focus for the entire year. And maybe for you, it's kindness. You're like, I'm focusing on kindness this year. I'm gonna just be kind. But it's like, but God, you have placed in my life a bunch of idiots. It's really hard to be kind when someone is an idiot, right? It's really hard to love someone when they cannot comprehend simple things. And then after a month, what happens? I tried being kind, Lord. I really, I really tried. But these people, it was just too much and I could not do it. And so you quit, like I tried, but it was just too hard. The thing is like we do the opposite so many times of what we're trying to do. It's like, you're trying to save money, but then it's like, you know, I coupon one time, I save 50 cents off this detergent. You know, it's like, it just doesn't work. I still am spending too much money. Too many people quit before the payoff actually happens. I like to say it like this. We think that small good decisions don't matter that much. And we also think that small, bad decisions don't matter that much. You're like, you know what? I can have two cheat days this week. Uh, I don't have to, you know, if I just skip one workout, it's fine. Or hey, you showed up at church. You're like, but you know, I can come later. It's, It's not really a big deal. It's just one small thing. But the thing is your life is the sum of all the small decisions that you make. Like your life literally is the sum of all of the small decisions that you actually make in your life. So no one ever gets to a bad place overnight. It's not like you wake up and then your life is a wreck. Let's talk about the beach for a second because it's warm and it is not right now, right? And when you go to the beach, what do you do? You got your umbrella set up. You got kids, you know, you're spraying them down with SPF 2000, right? You're like, boom, no one's getting burnt, right? And except for you, you're like, I, SPF 15 getting that tan, right? I'm going to get that, I'm gonna try to get that dark going on, right? So you're doing all that. You got your towels set up. You got your Yeti 120, right? You got all rolling, mountains are blue, that kind of thing. And um, you're like, hey, this is good. Your kids are playing in the water. And you're like, not past your knees. That's my rule, because that's where sharks will eat you, right? <laughs> like past the knee. Don't go past the knee. You're safe. If you go out there, you could die. But I got two sons. One of you is fine. But but not, not both of you. And what happens is what? You're playing and you're in the water. And all of a sudden you look up and then what do you see? Different people and like different stuff. Where's your umbrella? Where's your stuff? You're in front of a totally different condo, right? Like you have no idea where you are anymore. You're lost. You don't have your phone. You can't call anybody. You're just like, how did I get here? because it slowly drifted you down the shoreline, didn't it? The water does that to you. And the same thing is true in life. You look up all of a sudden, you go, how'd I get here? It's all the small decisions that you didn't think was a big deal actually created a bigger deal than you realize. It took you a place that you didn't wanna get there. It is a slow drift. It's the small things that people don't see that will bring the results that everyone wants. If you do the small things that people don't see, you'll actually end up in a spot that everyone wants. Aaron and I, besides our house, Besides our house, we own everything our vehicles, anything we have in our house, like our, our washer and dryer appliances, our bedroom set, and hey, we got some like teenagers in here, college students, you like you ever wonder like why your parents have the same bedroom set like their entire marriage you're like mom and dad, why they still got the same bedroom set it's because they took credit out on it and they got it when they're brand new married, and you know what they paid it off and like we ain't doing that again, and so you have the same set it's the same stuff, right you just hold on to it for all these years. Same thing, we own all of it. But what no one saw at the beginning of our life, when we started our relationship together, no one told us, you should not do that. Hey, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And we started like getting into a lot of debt and it took Aaron and I 10 years to pay off all of that debt. And then we had like our vehicles left. It took us another three years to get out. And so now we own it all except our house and we're working on that. And we've never had more financial freedom in our life than ever, but it took a lot of work to get there. 13 years, we've only been married 13 years. We'll be married 14 years this year in May. It took us that long to do that much work. And you know how hard it is as like, a, as a man who's providing for your family, like to be able to tell your wife, like, no, we can't do that. No, I'm sorry, And telling her no. It feels good to say no to a woman for once. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, <laughs> stay on track. I said, no tired. I have a headache and we're not gonna buy this. Okay, let's <laughs> just get out. Pay attention, pay attention. You know how hard that is? I'm like, I know it's super easy. No, no, it, but there was a lot, there was a lot of just like sacrifice so that we could be where we wanna be today. You know, there are couples in our church. We have a couple of them. They've been married for like 50 years. And I see their marriage and I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're happy, like they're, they love each other. They're there, like I, I want that too. But no one sees all the work, all the fights, all the arguing, all the things that got in that place where they, they stuck through it and they're there. Like, I don't wanna like get like Aaron, like I get older, right? Like we're in our 70s, I'll still be in sushi, right? And I'm like, you don't know what this dude does to my stomach anymore, Aaron, but I love you, right? Like I'm still eating the fish and stuff. I don't wanna to get to like 50 years and go, we made it to 50 years, woman. What a great relationship. Come on, you bag, let's go home, right? Like that, I don't want that kind of relationship. Like I want people to look at us and go, oh my gosh, like, because I've done that. Cause you know, Aaron and I, we're very nosy when we eat at places. I don't know if y'all like, we love to like listen into other people's conversations and stuff. Not like a lot, just enough to like know enough. And I like to watch people and you ever seen like the like older couples and you see them, they look so in love. I'm like, I want that. To, like, I want younger people to look at us like that. Well, if you get there, it doesn't happen by mistake. It takes a lot of work to get there. So what I'm telling you is it's gonna take a lot of struggle. So for you, if it's uh, financial freedom that you're looking for, you're gonna have to be disciplined. You're gonna have to pursue some different things. You're gonna have to learn to plan on a budget and live on a budget and get someone to help you set that up. Or maybe for you in terms of your marriage, you're like, you know, just doesn't feel like it's working. No, get the counseling, put in the work. It's worth it if you work through those things. Whatever it is that you wanna pursue in life, be consistent at it. Those good decisions are not just thrown out the window. You store them up and it will work. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians. He says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Sometimes doing what is good is really tough. We don't wanna do what is good, we wanna do what is easy. And Paul says, don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So in other words, God says that, Paul writes that there's a harvest of blessing that's gonna happen if you don't give up. Now, um, I don't know a lot of farmers, but I know enough. And I know that when they're planning for whatever harvest here in northeast Alabama, we got a lot of tomato farmers, right? And they are planting their crops and they get things rolling. I have never met a farmer that was in the middle of like the summer before the crops are supposed to hit. They're in like June. They just see like little plants growing that's like, hmm, I tried this tomato thing out. I got 10,000 acres of tomatoes and not one tomato yet, not one play. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna sell my farm and I'm just gonna go punch a nine to five job because I'd rather do that. I tried it, it just didn't work. And then they quit. No farmer ever quits before the harvest. They wait until they know when things are supposed to happen and that's when they make their money. The same thing is true for so many of you, you quit, before you actually get to the spot where you're gonna reap the benefits of your decisions. Some of you stop, you get to the spot where it gets really tough and difficult. No one sees the watering the planting and all the organic stuff that you're using so you can mark up your prices, right? Like no one sees any of that. They just see the end result. And too many of us, we quit before we actually get the benefits of all the decisions and the choices and the hardships that we went through. Too many of us stop. But there's eventually a tipping point. It says that at just the right time, God brings that harvest of blessing, which means it's all the small things. Those things matter. The small things that you do eventually add up. So keep putting in the work, keep doing what is right. Stop focusing on what everyone else is supposed to do. I like to do that. Well, what are you gonna do? No, what am I gonna do? What is my decision? What is my choice? How am I gonna take this thing forward? And I just need to do the next right thing. You just need to focus on doing the next right thing. Are there gonna be days you slack? Absolutely, you're a human being. You're gonna mess up, I'm gonna mess up. Online, you're, you're gonna mess, up. you're not gonna be perfect, but it's consistency that brings the results that you want. And people are gonna wonder how you did it. They're gonna go, how did they get to that spot? Imagine this for a second. <clears throat> You got a $450 car payment, $500 car payment. Imagine if you owned your vehicle, like you don't have to pay anyone anything. What would you you do with that $450 every month? Well, you could just start putting it away. Imagine what kind of vacation you could go on this year. And then you could go on it again next year. And the year after that, now I wouldn't recommend that because that car is gonna break down eventually, but it's a different point. That's a different series. We'll talk about it later on in the year. Imagine if you had that kind of freedom But we don't focus on that. It's like, well, this thing's happening and I got to get something else and boom. And you just keep repeating the cycle. Do the hard work because at the right time, the benefits of all your hard work is going to pay off. That is a biblical concept called reaping and sowing. What you put into your life is what you get out of it. You sow a lot of bad decisions. You're going to reap bad results. You do all the good things and you start uh, sowing good decisions. You're going to reap the results of everything that you're doing. Here's the third thing. The reason why we don't succeed is that we connect our identity through our failures. We connect our identity through our failures and the enemy does this. He tells you all the things that you fail at and he says, this is who you are. Oh, you wanna be a godly husband? You wanna be a godly wife? Oh, you wanna be a godly follower of Jesus? But look at what you just did. How could you? And we start to connect our identity through our failures. This is who you are. And this is where you're at. And the thing is an unhealthy identity leads to unhealthy habits. Well, if you see yourself as a failure, maybe you heard it your whole life, maybe your parents told it to you, maybe a spouse told you to some coworker or boss, your brother, sister, whatever. They've told you all these things and you believe it. Maybe you tell it about yourself. I am this person. Well, why should I? If I'm just gonna, if this thing's not gonna work out, why should I put in the work? If I'm not gonna get a promotion, why should I even try? If I'm in debt and it's never gonna go away, why should I even try to, to do things the right way? Why should I do those things? But the way that you see yourself shapes the way that you live. The problem is too many of us allow other people and ourselves to determine who we are instead of allowing God to tell us who we are. You know, we, we even sang about that today, right? I'm broken and all these things, but I am who you say I am. We might believe some things about ourselves, and some of it might be true. But if you continue to live through that lens, God can never show you who he sees you as. And when that happens, you don't live the life that you're destined for because you continue to identify yourself as a failure. So the question is, who do you wanna become? Who do you wanna become? Like, what person is it? Like in your life, who do you wanna become? Where do you wanna be? because a healthy identity will shape your actions. If you view yourself the way that God sees you, you start to think a little differently. Hey, I know I have this struggle, I know I'm this, but God says this, and this is what's possible for me. And so if the fruits of the spirit is something I'm supposed to have in my life, that means that I can have it and attain it, I should walk in it, and then that shapes my actions. It's been very dumb telling you, like every single day, like numerous times a day, I'm like gentle, like I wanna be gentle. Like something happens, I'm like, I wanna be gentle. I need to be gentle here, right? And gentleness will what? Naturally leads to kindness because you're being more gentle about the situation in the first place. It leads to patience, right? So some of these things are spinoffs of something else. And so I'm constantly like thinking through that in my own life. I love what Paul writes in Romans six, listen to this. He says, we know that your old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Think about that for a second. For those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, it says our old life is now dead. All the power in our lives of of sin is now gone. All right, it's dead. I I think of uh, uh, any of y'all watching some Disney Plus, you know, you got... um, Oh my gosh, dude, you're all gonna have to help me. The snowman, what's the snowman's name? Olaf. Olaf. He got the little shorts where he like, he redoes like all the Disney movies. And he's like, their parents are dead, right? Like that whole part. I like to do that. We got some kids in the room, so this is for them. It's like, your sins are dead, right? You were this, you were this, but your sins are dead. Sin no longer has power in your life unless you give it power. There are things in our life that has no power, but you're giving it power. It's like, hey, this has no power over you, but I'm giving it power over me. And Paul is like, no, that's not true. Like that's actually gone. You don't have to live that life anymore. Like if you've been freed from jail, why would you continue to live there? You don't have to live there anymore. 60 days in, Etowah County, I remember that. You don't have to. And he goes on to verse seven, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We've been set free. Why do we choose to live back in bondage? And this is exactly what Paul is talking about. Like, hey, you don't have to let this stuff have ownership over you because it doesn't. Now, if you're here, you're watching online, you don't have a relationship with God, I'm letting you know that that you're really left to your own self. And it's not a safe path. It's gonna be hard to do it on your own. You can't do it on your own and you're gonna fail. But for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, we have power over our old lives and it no longer has dominion over us unless you give it power over your life. Listen, as he drops down to verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. It is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. In other words, it's not about a checklist, do's or don'ts, here are the things you have to do. It's about the relationship we now have through Jesus. He says, your body is like an instrument. And I think some of you, if your body was an instrument, you sound like a middle school band. You ever heard one of those before? It's pretty horrible. You're like, you show up to the concert, they start playing. You're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. How long has this it just started? Someone shoot me now. And then you got the kid back there, never played tuba. He's trying to play tuba and you're just like, oh my gosh, please stop. And you look down the line, you have any more of the Xanax? Can you pass one down? But like, really like in today's culture, it's like, you got any more of them gummies? I'll take one. Of them. I'll take one, right? Like, I gotta get through this. It's a middle school. It's a middle school band. Your life is like a middle school band online. You're like a middle school band. But then um, I shared this last service. I feel like I've shared it again. Uh, I have like this reckoning moment last night. I was preparing for all of this. I just turned 38 last week, guys, and sophisticated, might I add. Uh, I just turned 38. So. I was thinking about this last night and I was like, it came to me, I was like, the middle school band, that's funny, I'm gonna say that, right? I wasn't playing in the gummy thing, that just happens. But I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna talk about this middle school band. But then like this other thought came to me and I was like, oh, it'd be like this. And then I realized something in that moment and I had that thought that I'm about to share with you. I'm getting old, I'm getting old. Because if you're Gen Z here, some of y'all young ones up in here, some of y'all little babies in here, some of you little kids, y'all ain't gonna understand what I'm about to say. But those of you who know my vibe, you're gonna know what I'm about to say to you. But then if you keep working at it, your body's an instrument, some of you like a middle school band, but then if you keep working at it, following God, you know, you're gonna be like, you'd be like Kenny G on that sax. <laughs> Kenny G. Some of y'all don't even know who Kenny G is. And I'm saying like, you just need to YouTube some Kenny G. Because when you listen to this guy play the sax, like I was like, oh my gosh, you hear him play. You're like, this dude's amazing. Like, you just like rolling, like you can be jamming to a saxophone, right? He's the reason why I wanted to play saxophone. And then my dad was like, you can play any instrument if it's the trombone. And I was like, I could play any instrument if it's the trombone, like it didn't even make sense, right? Like that's what I ended up playing. I had to play the trombone growing up. So it was a, it was a whole thing, right? You listen to that and your, your life can sound so much different where people look at it and go, I want that. But they won't see all the work that you've been putting into your life. They don't see the discipline. They don't see the times like you're praying and you're duking it out with God. You're like, the enemy's trying to beat me up, but Lord, I'm praying, I'm seeking, I'm trying this thing, I need you. They don't see the struggle in your marriage. They don't see the struggle in your finances. They don't see all the things that you say, like, no, not this year. Hey, I'm just gonna keep like wearing the same things, whatever the case might be. And your kids are little and you're trying to give them the best that you can, but they don't know. You just keep trying. No one sees the struggle. They just see the result and they go, I want that. But no one knows except for you and God, like all the work you've been putting in to get to that spot. And all of us have all the excuses. I mean, you've got all the excuses. Anything that you need to do in life, you've got the excuses. What's the excuse? You have it, it's super easy. It's easy to just go, oh, I get this, and then I, that's why I can't do that. We already have excuses built in, but it's fighting through those excuses. And it's also why God gave you a church because when you have other godly people around you who are going the same direction as you, they're gonna help you out. Matter of fact, in Galatians, it talks about helping carry each other's burdens. Hey, you don't have to walk through life alone. We'll walk through this with you. Hey, you gotta do your own part, but we will help you. And that's why small groups and all those things are important. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can actually do different. He does it through you and it changes your life. And that's when you can say, Hey, I used to do that. That's not me anymore. Hey, I don't do that anymore. I am a, I'm a different person. And as I grow into my like forties and fifties and beyond, I'm praying that like 10 years from now, I'm in a totally different spot. And then like, I think about it. this is like super weird. Like 10 years from, now, I'll be 48. And Hopefully I'm still here. If you guys don't kick me out, maybe keep talking about gummies, you might. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm 48 and I'm talking, there'll be a whole different group. I don't know if it will be here, if we're in a new building, whatever, I don't know. it will be different people. And I'm hoping that when I'm 48, my life will look so different and I'll be able to tell people, hey, you have no idea what I've done to get here. Right, like right now where I'm 38, hey, you have no idea what I've done to get here. But then even at 48 and then beyond, like I'm praying that that is what can be said about my life. And the same thing you can say about your life. People look at you and go, I want that. And you're like, yeah, but you don't know the struggle it took to get here and I can help you get there too if you're willing to put in the work. We all want the results. We just don't want the work that goes with it. And those are the things that I want. It's one small decision at a time. Saying no to things that are good, bad for you, and saying yes to the best. These are the things that I, like, this is who I want to become. And if this is who I want to become, what are the small things I need to do right now? Yeah, here's the goal, but just focus on every single day, just doing the next right thing. Those healthy systems, those small decisions, those choices. You start seeing yourself how God sees you.